Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A reading from 1 Timothy. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to, be, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, There is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested to at the right time. For this, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. The word of the Lord. Please stand as you are able to join in singing our gospel acclamation. Gospel reading from the 16th chapter of Luke. Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So he summoned his master's debtors one by one. He asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 50. Then he asked another, and how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into into their eternal homes. Whoever, Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in very much, and who is very dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, 
who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. <clears throat> well, it's good to be back from my time away with family as we welcomed our newest addition, Soren. We are all doing well, and I'm so grateful to this congregation. It's, it's just incredible to come back and witness all that you have done to care for one another, to feed our neighbors, to learn and grow in prayer. So thank you so much. I learned a very important lesson upon my return to faith. Read through the scripture before you tell Pastor John that you'll preach. <laughs> Oof, huh? The scripture today from Luke is not easy. As I began my study of this passage, the first thing I read began. Commentators routinely remark that the parable of the dishonest manager stands among the most challenging texts in the New Testament, <laughs> often regarding it as the most perplexing of Jesus' parables. Great. I inadvertently signed up for a doozy. I don't, did you purposely give it to me? No, no. We, were just, we just looked at dates. <clears throat> I think most of us read or hear this passage from Luke and we think, what? Why is he commended for being shrewd? Isn't he dishonest? Why did Jesus even tell this story? This passage isn't one that we go to when we're feeling discouraged and need a word of hope. At least, I certainly don't. I'm not sure about you. But another thing I've learned is how the fullness of the human experience is captured in the Bible. This year, I've had the privilege of participating in our Synod's leadership cohort for deacons and pastors. And every month, we dig into Scripture for our own curiosity and learning. There is a lot in the Bible. We are reading things that never come up in the lectionary, and never show up on a Sunday morning. There are stories of misogynist violence and war, murder, sexual assault, demon possession, impoverished families left behind, and far more suffering than I would care to admit. Messy stories fill the Bible, so we can't faithfully just throw them all out or skip over them. We sometimes want everything that's written in the Bible to be an instruction book for life. But scripture is so much more than a book of rules. It's filled with history, poetry and prayers, letters and confusing prophecies and so much more. And I truly believe that God speaks to us through the Bible, even if all scripture is not instructional. 
There are lessons to learn and there are words of hope to glean in the midst of challenging narratives and perplexing messages. So one of the tasks of the preacher is to find and proclaim good news. So why don't you put my shoes on for a moment? Where do you hear good news in this reading? If you look at the story, where do you find hope? Where is there hope for all of us? Now, I hate to disappoint you, but I don't have any magical insight of what Jesus was trying to teach in this parable. And to be honest, I don't really think there's a right answer. answer. I don't think Jesus left us this puzzle to solve. But I can find good news. I wonder what was this experience like for the debtor who had 20% of the remaining balance erased. Or for the borrower whose debt was slashed in half. Would this not be absolutely good news? I would be beyond surprised if anyone listening today has never been in some sort of debt situation. Debts can hold us hostage and keep us from living fully. Debt's been part of my life, too. Medical bills, student loans, car payments, credit card debt have all weighed me down. There was a time years ago that looking at bills every month would bring me to tears trying to figure out who to pay with the limited funds available. And I'm sure others have had that same experience. I vividly remember receiving the news that a large portion of my medical debt had just been forgiven after I'd been paying at it for years. It was such a relief. The weight of that debt was overwhelming. What a gift for it to simply be released. I'm afraid far too many of us know the power of debt in our lives. And so isn't this story a bit like the God who forgives us after years of failure? Who lets us start over with the gift of new life? Doesn't God release us inexplicably from the weight that we carry? You see, debts hold us captive. They control us and demand that we attend to them. Whether for the person living paycheck to paycheck or the rich business person who hires someone to deal with their debtors, like in our story today, or has to send overdue notices again and again and again. Debt demands 
we serve it. And this isn't the kind of service that we do out of love and care for others. That is diakonia. Here in Luke, it's dulia. This is slavery. Control. This is a yoke of servitude. So in this perplexing parable, I do hear and see good news. The weight of slavery has been lightened for the debtors and the rich man alike, who are both controlled by worldly resources in different ways. God's liberation goes in both directions. And it's not based on anyone deserving it. In all the confusion of this story that Jesus tells, one thing is clear. The statement that ends our reading today, you cannot be a slave to God and wealth. The release from debts opens us up to be yoked to God in discipleship. For we have had so much forgiven in God's love. We have all received release from that which seeks to control us. Wealth, sin, and the ways of this world. God has released us from all that distracts us from true diakonia, serving others through God's love. And to me, this is fantastic news. It reminds me that there is hope for me yet. There is hope for each of us who find ourselves in servitude to something. Anything other than the life-giving power of God's loving kindness. Maybe for you, the good news you hear in this complicated parable is something completely different than what I've spoken about today. That is just fine. God speaks hope into our lives in different ways, with different messages, at different times. Praise God for the living power of these holy scriptures which speak into our hearts today. And in closing, I just want to thank all of you who have allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to you through these scriptures and produce some artwork out of it. Please take some time today or in the coming weeks to view the incredible art exhibit on scripture here at Faith. Maybe Luke's passage today didn't say much to you. But 33 individuals and groups have graciously shared an artistic expression of how they have encountered God in the Bible. So may you find good news in both the words and the visual expressions of the Holy Scriptures. Thanks be to God. Amen.